Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf. This week talking about the book Big Magic by Liz Gilbert. Keep listening to find out why you just need to create. You're listening to Steph's Business Bookshelf. Doing the reading so you don't have to. Welcome back. And I'm recording this in mid-March 2020 and continuing the theme for March 2020 of celebrating female authors and celebrating the fact that it's International Women's Day in March. But I've got to admit, it feels a little bit weird at the moment because we are in the midst of our coronavirus or COVID-19 crisis around the world. People are this week starting to work from home. Social distancing measures have been put into place. So it's a very strange time. And maybe if we're listening back to this in months or years to come, we'll be like, oh yeah, I remember when that happened. But at the moment, I know a couple of, or quite a few people on Instagram and on Bookstagram. By the way, the link to follow me and connect on Instagram is in the show notes for you to easily click. A lot of people are actually embracing what are they going to read while we're stuck at home in isolation and quarantine or just practicing some social distancing and not being able to go out and do some of the things that we normally do. So I'd love to hear from you. If you're listening to this, if you are in, you know, in the kind of recent time and you are practicing some social distancing, if you're having to work from home and you're looking at that pile of books and thinking, oh yeah, I can actually tackle some of these. Give me a shout. I'd love to hear from you both to get some good connection in, but also to see what you're reading and see what other new book recommendations and suggestions we can all be sharing together. It is also an awesome opportunity to really rethink how we connect. And if you're looking for a book to spur some thinking around connection and how that, you know, how that, what that means and, and how that can be done in different ways and getting back to those kind of core principles of connection and gathering, I'd hugely recommend The Art of Gathering book by Priya Parker. It's probably the most life-changing book that I've read and it's one that I recommend a lot. Such a perfect time to be reading that and particularly as we've been thinking hopefully over the future in, in not too long, future weeks and, and into months when we're getting back together in person and we're able to gather in in a more in-person way, how we do that and how we do that better. This week, I've also shared on Instagram and LinkedIn my top seven books you should be reading whilst there is a global pandemic. So a few things around, and The Art of Gathering is on that list. So a few things around science and a few things around people and loneliness and connection. So some books that are, are very relevant at the moment. So you can hop onto LinkedIn or over to Instagram. Links are in the show notes and you can see that list. But without further ado, let's get into this week's episode which is about the book Big Magic by Liz Gilbert. Now, I went to see Liz Gilbert talk with Business Chicks a few weeks ago, and I was blown away. I'm still thinking about some of the questions and some of the the thought provokers that she shared. It was incredible. And potentially because I didn't really know that much about Liz Gilbert. Uh, I was obviously aware of Eat, Pray, Love because who isn't? And I, so I kind of went with not, not low expectations, but just not knowing really what to expect. I was also a little bit worried, and I've mentioned this on the podcast before, I'm not a very woo-woo kind of person, so I was really worried that it, well, not really worried, but I was quite concerned that there may be a lot of woo-woo that I was not was not going to resonate with me personally. It's not how I think, it's not how I connect to ideas, it's, it's just not something that resonates very well. But what I loved about it, and then what actually spurred me to then read the book, which I, again, I was aware of, but didn't really think it was my kind of thing, and what spurred me to read that was that 
and what I really liked about the book is that Liz, it, it's her understanding, it's how she makes sense of creativity, of how the world works, rather than this is what happens, this is true, the universe has got your back and all of that kind of stuff, which in other books that I've read or in other people I've seen or you know, things online, it's kind of put across as this is, this is the truth. And I like that that is not what Liz does. So a little bit more about the author. If you also weren't aware of Liz or Elizabeth Gilbert, here's a little bit more about her. Elizabeth Gilbert was born in Waterbury, Connecticut in 1969 and grew up on a small family Christmas tree farm. She attended New York University where she studied political science by day and worked on her short stories by night. After college, she spent several years traveling around the country, working in bars, diners and ranches, collecting experiences to transform into fiction. She is best known for her 2006 memoir, Eat, Pray, Love, which chronicled her journey alone around the world, looking for solace after a difficult divorce. The book was an international bestseller translated into over 30 languages with 12 million copies sold worldwide. In 2010, Eat, Pray, Love was made into a film starring Julia Roberts. The book became so popular that Time Magazine named Elizabeth as one of the 100 most influential people in the world. That is big. In 2015, she published Big Magic, the book we're talking about today, Creative Living Beyond Fear, a book that encapsulates the joyful spirit of adventure and permission that Elizabeth has always brought to her work and life. Elizabeth divides her time between New York City, rural New Jersey, and everywhere else. That's taken from Liz's website, link in the show notes. A little bit about the book. Readers of all ages and walks of life have drawn inspiration and empowerment from Liz Gilbert's books for years. Now this beloved author digs deep into her own generative process to share her wisdom and unique perspective about creativity. With profound empathy and radiant generosity, she offers potent insights into the mysterious nature of inspiration. She asks us to embrace our curiosity and let go of needless suffering. She shows us how to tackle what we most love and how to face down what we most fear. She discusses the attitudes, approaches and habits we need in order to live our most creative lives. Balancing between soulful spirituality and cheerful pragmatism, Gilbert encourages us to uncover the strange jewels that are hidden within each of us. Whether you're looking to write a book, make art, find new ways to address challenges in our work, embark on a dream long deferred, or simply infuse our everyday lives with more mindfulness and passion, Big Magic cracks open a world of wonder and joy. That again is taken from Liz's website, elizabethgilbert.com, link in the show notes. And there was a mention there around pragmatism or cheerful pragmatism. And that was the, the, I just loved her tone and her way of writing. It was really fresh and positive and funny and real and human and direct, which I also really appreciated, uh, which I, and so all of those things together made this a really enjoyable read. And I read it in a very quick uh, period of time mainly because it's also not super long. And actually I was away for a weekend on my own, bit of a solo weekend away in Wellington in New Zealand, which is a very nice place in the world. And this is a perfect book to read if you're taking a bit of a break, reassessing things, which might be what some of you are doing at the moment, and just you know, kind of having a bit of a, a bit of an assessment on what to do next. So without further ado, here are the three big ideas I took from the book. Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Big idea number one, just create. Don't wait for permission or inspiration or the right time or the perfect conditions because none of those things will ever appear. So the only thing you can do is create. 
I really liked the point that Elizabeth makes several times around making for making's sake. Just do it to be imperfect and stay in the habit of making. Keep things as a hobby. Not everything has to be so serious and not everything has to keep you financially. She talks a little bit about this uh, throughout the book around, we often put pressure on our creative pursuits to be a thing. And we lose the sense of just doing things for enjoyment or just doing them as a hobby. This is definitely something I have fallen into and probably will continue to fall into uh, throughout my life where I take up a new pursuit and I think, great, okay, how can I make this into a thing? A thing that I do that either I monetize in some way or I do with other people, just overthinking and trying to make things into things that don't have to be. She argues that we should be approaching our creativity with a lightness because this will make it a lot more enjoyable and a lot less stressful. So that's big idea number one. It's probably the most important big idea throughout the book is just create. Big idea number two is that everyone is creative. She argues that we've been making things forever and it wasn't a thing. It was just what we had to do to eat, to cook, to live, to connect, to move, to work, whatever it was. We've been making things for generations But now those things that were pretty normal, just everyday occurrences have become things with a capital T. So we take it too seriously. And this links a little bit to big idea number one, we just need to create. But with big idea number two around everyone being creative, it also shows that not just that we don't have to monetize it and take it too seriously in that way, but also that everyone can create. And one of the things we've also fallen into the trap of is giving creativity over just to certain fields or certain arts. Creativity is much broader than being able to draw or being able to paint. And by breaking down some of those shackles that we have put on creativity, we then free up the label of creativity for all of us. In the book, there's this lovely quote, which says, if you're alive, you're a creative person. And I really enjoyed that. I thought that was an excellent Uh, phrase or an excellent mindset and it's something I see in organizations a lot and I think I've mentioned on previous podcasts around creativity and innovation that a lot of people say oh well I'm this job I'm a lawyer therefore I can't be creative or I'm not creative but the fact is if you're alive you're a creative person there's also another quote in the book and I've shared some quotes or these quotes uh, in the show notes which you can tweet or put on Instagram which is if you argue for your limitations you get to keep them And I just thought that was such a great way of thinking about the things we say about ourselves. I'm not creative. So if we argue for our limitations, we keep saying, no, 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 I can't do these things. Or no, 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 that's not me. We get to keep those limitations because we will never challenge them. And I thought that was a really cool way of thinking about creativity as a label and as a a mindset and as something that we all have ownership of. We are all creative, not just creative people. By thinking about creativity in a broader way and therefore being able to everyone embrace the idea of creativity, we get to think about a creative life. And a creative life, Elizabeth says, is an amplified life. It's a bigger life, a happier life, an expanded life, and a hell of a lot more interesting life. So again, thinking about creativity as the way you live your life, not just a thing that you do or a skill that you have. So that's big idea number two, everyone is creative. Big idea number three is that ideas are entities. And this is something that floats throughout the book in various different ways. She talks about 
ideas are these living conscious things that float around looking for a home or someone to help bring them to life. They need to be embodied by someone. Some of those ideas she says are patient and others not so much. So you need to treat your ideas well and put in the work to keep them alive because some of them are going to be very offended if you decide to ignore them or put them on the back burner. And over time, they may disappear and maybe even head off to someone else. And there's this incredible coincidental story in the book around a book that Elizabeth was writing at one point in her life and she had the whole storyline, she started writing it and then she had a bit of a life event so had to put that book to the side for a period of time. She then made friends with another author at an event and they became, they became friends. And a few weeks or months into their friendship, they were having a conversation on the phone and the author friend was saying, oh, I'm working on this new book and, you know, I've got this storyline and they're kind of comparing notes. And it was exactly or almost exactly the same storyline as Elizabeth had been writing a few years before, but had shelved. So she talks about this as this magical embodiment of the fact that ideas won't just wait around. And they have this joke that when they first met and they gave each other a kiss in the, in the initial meeting they had, that, that that is when the idea was transferred over between from Elizabeth over to her friend. Now, for the less magically minded of us, including myself, I'm not necessarily completely convinced of the idea of a, a, a kiss transferring an idea. However, there are many examples all around the world and all throughout science, history, literature of people who at similar times in completely disparate places and without the modern means of technology or communicating or sharing ideas that have had identical or very, very similar ideas or discoveries at the same time. So this is her way of understanding or making sense of how ideas and how creativity and how inspiration works. Now, she does say that you you can say no to ideas if it's the wrong time or place or idea for you. You can welcome it in. You can say, thanks for stopping in. However, I'm not the person for you. I recommend you go and visit someone else or go and actually name the person that that idea should go and visit. Now, of course, you can maybe help that along by sharing that idea with a person you think would be better suited to it. But you can you can let ideas go. And this is actually quite important, I think, because it's very easy to get stuck into ideas and forget that we and, and then end up with all these ideas that we never really do anything with or never finish up or never follow through. So this is also a good idea. So this is the bit of the book that, look, it's a little bit out there. It's a little bit, the universe has your back. It's a little bit woo-woo, but I found it pretty accessible. I didn't, I, I wasn't horrified. I wasn't completely recoiling going, oh no, this is nonsense. Because she shares these ideas in such a light way, in such a, this is how I understand the world. This is how I make sense of it. This is how I enjoy it. This is how I find it curious without saying this is how these things work so you must believe them too. She also talks about the, the this whole passion thing and how that's just a horrible piece of advice which I was big into as you have probably remember if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time I'm not a big fan of the whole passion thing and she talks about this it's just unfair for us to be putting all this pressure on people to find their passion and have a passion because people some people don't or they don't know what it is yet or the fact that you're meant to have one creates a lot more stress and then almost scares off the the passion that could have been there or could be there because we'd make it too serious kind of linking back to uh to big ideas number one and two so that was big idea number three 
Ideas are entities. Just gotta let them happen to you. So to recap, big ideas from the book Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Number one, just create. Number two, everyone is creative. And number three, ideas are entities. As you've probably gathered, I did really enjoy this book. It was a bit of a surprise for me. I went in with an open mind and I was pleasantly surprised at how much I did enjoy it. Again, partly the the writing style and I I liked the kind of colloquialism of it, as opposed to a lot of the other non-fiction books that I read, which can be sometimes a little bit on the the stiffer side or on the more academic side for some of them. And certainly from seeing her speak at Business Chicks a few weeks ago, the question that she was asked as a young writer when she said that she wanted to, to write, but she never found the time because uh, she had all these jobs and had all this, these hobbies and all this other stuff going on. But she was convinced and she would tell people, oh, I want to be a writer or I will be a writer. And someone asked her the question, someone who was older and more established and had built a creative life, asked her the question, what are you willing to give up to live the life that you're pretending you want. What are you willing to give up to live the life you're pretending you want? And for me, that was just a huge, oh wow, moment. Because we often do go through, say, oh, I want to do these things, or I'd love to do those things, but I can't, or the conditions aren't perfect, or I don't have the ideas, or I don't have the skills, or it's not the right time, or whatever it is, we make all these excuses, which suggests that actually we're pretending that we want those things. Because if we did really want them, we would embrace a little bit of discomfort or we would do some of those things or stop doing some of the things that we might actually quite enjoy, but aren't getting us any closer to our goals or whatever it is that we want to achieve. So that's a question that's gonna stick with me for some time, along with some of the other ideas in the book around being creative and embracing creativity and creating just for the sake of creating. If you've read the book, I'd love to know what you thought. Was it, did it really resonate for you? Or were you uninspired by the magical approach to life and creativity? Contact details, as usual, are in the show notes. You can also buy a copy of this book by hopping over to my website. There is a link directly in the show notes to the book depository site, which helps to support the podcast. So you can hop on over to that using the link in the show notes to buy a copy of the book for yourself. But otherwise, till next time, happy reading.